Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Have you ever encountered a situation where somebody is going into a polyamorous relationship, but they've already got a power exchange relationship and they want that power exchange to continue to have authority of over them, even over their new polyamorous relationship? I have. Um, actually, we have that experience. And though it's been challenging, we have figured out how to make it work for us. This week on Erotic Awakening, polyamory and power exchange, kink vendors at events when there are no events, and all the food on all the boobs. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. We'd like to thank our Patreon supporters. Among other perks, Patreon supporters get free Kingstarter cards as well as audible excerpts of our new book, Living MS. Okay. It's our old book, actually. It's our old book. So is that what I put? Oh, you put. No, I put that there. (laughs) Yes. I don't normally read that spot. So (laughs) I got confused there. So not a problem. Yeah, we're actually going to record some of those excerpts today and uh, get them out to our Patreon supporters. And we'll tell you how you can be a Patreon supporter later in the podcast. I've... uh, Two things I want to start with before that. And we are mm-hmm. going to, we do have quite the top uh, question that was written in about this situation. And it's actually funny because we've got this question that was written in, and I've actually got people writing me in my FET mail literally in the last couple of days asking me the same question if I know of any resources. So I'm hoping for this people will let them out as well that are in power exchange and trying to bring in Polly. Yeah. So, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see and, what we have to share. Yeah, we absolutely have a lot of uh, experience with that, a lot mm-hmm. of mixed experience with that from a different angles. But mm-hmm. uh, before we get there, I have to um, make a comment about this coffee that you mentioned earlier. You could smell the hazelnut in it. I smell it, the hazelnut in it from my office. I don't understand how a K-cup, which is this is a K-cup from here at the space, and mm-hmm. uh, even in this time of social dis- dis- distancing, um, we can still come to the space. We're here by <laughs> ourselves. So everybody else has to distance. So how is it that the little, I was reading the little container, the little K-cup, it says contains milk and soy. And I could taste it. It's, it's kind of a creamed coffee. Right. How, how do you milk in a K-cup? Is it a it's dry, most, dry milk? Powdered milk? Yeah, powdered milk. Huh. So they dehydrated it, keep it from going bad, I guess. So, but. I guess that worked. But it smells yummy. It's just a weird concept to me that you could, I don't know. <laughs> well, that, a simple is, man. that is one of the things that flew off the shelves when people were grabbing toilet paper. Uh-huh. Their older, older generation was grabbing dry milk because mm-hmm. that's what you do. <laughs> I can remember having dry milk as a kid. You know, I can remember having it as a kid. I, I, you add water to it. Vaguely. Very yeah. vague, though. It was such we a always had thing. a box in the cabinet. Always, because huh. my parents are from the older, older generation, right? Right. So, yeah. So that's, whereas I was going for almond milk. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. boxed almond milk, you know, so, but uh, yeah, other people are going for the dry milk. So that's what you have in your coffee is dry milk. Well, there you go. And th- that's for those, my assumption. <laughs> for those that are new to the podcast, <laughs> what's that got to do with polyamory or power exchange? Eh, not a damn thing. <laughs> uh, but there you go. It's... Uh, an interesting time that we live in where even the milk is powdered. Where even the milk is powdered. Huh? Yeah, I don't. I, I wish I edited <laughs> I'm the podcast. I'm looking at you so like, that was, are, are you, do you have more to say? <laughs> no, I thought that was going to be way more interesting than it was. Uh, today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about interesting things. One of them being, uh, before we get into this idea of power exchange and polyamory, 
because that's going to take us a little while to chew through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had mentioned here at the space, the space is empty. Right. Except, Except for, for the lone bird that was flying around <laughs> yesterday that figured yes. out how to get in. <laughs> and you for a, actually your job, among other things that you do, is you go to different events throughout the nation mm-hmm. and you sell a variety of things. Not only do you sell things along with uh, Arcane. Right. And you've been learning how to make floggers. But right. you also, like this cloak that I'm currently wearing, you mm-hmm. make cloaks, uh, aftercare blanket cloaks. I do. So I go vend as Blossom Trading Company. Mm-hmm. And I sell things. What I do is I sell things for myself and for other vendors that don't have the time mm-hmm. to actually invest in it. So Spanky Ray's corset bags, Katie's coloring books. Um, right, arcane yeah. floggers. We limited, still got limited to malaprop um, stuff. Yeah. Limited to local artisans. Mm, yes, local yeah. artisans. I'm getting ready to put um, Andy's artwork. Oh, fantastic! Too. Yeah, so I've talked with her. So, so if we ever get back to an event, so there's the tricky <laughs> bit, right? Now, you're a kink vendor. Uh, arcane, we know is a kink vendor, and we know as through, as we've presented at hundreds of events, we've met hundreds of kink vendors. Yeah. And many of these are people, this is what they do for a living. This mm-hmm. is their full-time job. I remember um, one corset vendor that we know. Uh, I want to go ahead and mention names, though. So we've got Steel Bones yeah. Corsets. We've got Violent Wand Store. We've got, ah, uh, oh, shoot. Now I can see their banners and can't think of the names. So, yeah. Oh, Manor Gear. Manor right? Gear. Joe and Mona, good friends of ours from up north here in Cleveland. Yep. But I was thinking, uh, and the person that runs Steel Bones was telling us that they go to about 50 events a year. Right. Right? I so bet Violent Wand Store does, too. I bet they do, right? Um, so this is what they do for a living, and mm-hmm. currently they are not doing that for a living. Right. Right? Uh, I mean, people shopped online for stuff already, but there's a difference when you go to an event and you have it in your hand, mm-hmm. right? Um, or you've just seen a class on it, and now yeah, you want absolutely. to buy it. Yeah. Absolutely. So you came up with a plan to support those kink vendors. I was thinking we're all supposed to be getting this uh, relief check from the government, right? So, you know, I, I'll, I'll see it when it comes in. I'm not expecting it, Mm -hmm. but if it does come in, I was trying to think. So a lot of people are going to be hoarding this money because they're out of work. You and I probably don't need to do this. We might save a little bit of it for future bills that could come up if if we keep under this quarantine, but we'll have a little bit of money to to spend out of that. So how can we get it back out into the economy and and help people out? Mm -hmm. So And a few things went through my head, and then it popped in that if we have – Vendors, and I know on FetLife there's a couple of groups where vendors have been invited to post their links so that other people can buy from them, right? So we can support our vendors. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's what I want to do with our money is to go through these links and see the stuff that we need and help support the people in our community. So that's my idea at the moment. We could use some more canes, maybe KJ canes. Sure. Go to there and buy some and – Maybe Bad Dragon needs a little money, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I can think of a few other places. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. but I, I think that's what I want to do is support people in our community. And that's a, that's a really neat way to do it. Um, it's, it's one of those groups that are impacted, and there's so many groups that are impacted. Oh, yeah. But um, one of those groups that we do want to support and make sure that they are, con- that they are able to continue to. The Kink Shop, right? Yeah, you know, right. all these yeah. places, and then more places are going to pop into my head. So, but, um, but that would be kind of neat. May, I might even gather up some of those, some of those links and put them on our show notes mm-hmm. so that we, we can support people. And yeah. 
I would bet you that if you are listen to the podcast for about maybe three or four years ago, uh-huh. you'll find affiliate links for some of those. KJ Kane's had an affiliate link out there for mm-hmm. a while. Uh, and I believe the Kink Shop did as well. And I, I think so too. You never know. They might still say, oh, we haven't advertised with them for years. Yeah, but here's, it's, here's the code, Dana Dawn 15. <laughs> right? Maybe it still works. Maybe it still works. So, But that's an idea. And so, you know, there's ways of being creative on um, – so, yes, Dan, you're hearing Fender. Yes. <laughs> um, there's ways of being creative on how to spend that money. So, I mean, obviously, some people are out of work and they're just going to need to spend it on their bills, right? Their bills, oh, bills, yeah, yeah, bills yeah. and groceries, and, and which is absolutely fine. And But if some of you guys have a little bit extra, that's, you know, just like we're, we're hoping with the space that people will keep their memberships going so that we can keep the space going. And then we'll have... Um, a huge celebration when quarantine is over and yeah. So do what you can. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Speaking of doing what you can, Alicia is our newest Patreon supporter. Uh, Alicia just signed up, became a Patreon supporter just yesterday. Yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, So in the midst of all this, it's great that people are still reaching out and trying to support people as best they can. And it doesn't have to be huge. It can be small. Right. And then, like I said, we're going to, do another recording of Living a Mess today. So it'll probably be a short one, but it'll go out to the Patreon supporters. Mm-hmm. So, and um, thank them for supporting us. Speaking of Patreon supporters, this one, uh, this question of the day came to us, and it's really a topic for the day, more than a question of the mm-hmm. day, came from a Patreon supporter. Um, I'm going to read this question, Dawn. I'm going to read it, and you want me to read the whole thing? No, I, I, I can read it. Can okay. I read it? You, you can, I but like you're going to answer it. it. Am I going to answer it as well? It, at the oh, end, you'll I see am. it is aimed at you. That is true. So, but you skip a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a long one. So, Fair you got enough. it? Fair you enough. got it? I will read the whole thing. Okay. So, uh, Dawn. Yes. I am a 36-year-old, new to dating, new to polyamory, and new to kink. I met my master in May, and we are in a 24-7 MS relationship. We are poly, and I am allowed to date but need permission to engage in kinky activity on a case-by-case basis. That's rain that you're hearing on our headphones. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking, man, what's going on with my sound? Yeah. Okay. Uh, 36-year-old, new to dating, new to kink. New to poly. New to poly. Mm-hmm. My new boyfriend that I meet in August is also new to poly and opening up his relationship. Things have been going well until he read a certain polyamory book. Oh, mm, good for ours. you for not reading it. Reading not the ours. title. Okay. Yes. Now he is taking issue with my collar. It is not a suitable collar, he says. Subtle. Subtle. Oh, it's not a subtle (laughs) collar. Okay. And the fact that I need permission to progress in each new activity. In all my online searching, you are the only one, Dawn, you, are the Mm -hmm. only one I've encountered whose situation is similar to mine. Most other poly sub-slaves have to carve out for the other relationships where their Dom master does not interfere. I, on the other hand, am not willing to alter my relationship with my master by restricting his authority. I'm willing to lose the relay with my boyfriend if it comes to that. But I obviously don't want that outcome. So, Dawn, here's the question. Mm -hmm. How did you and Big D work this out? From the little I gather from the podcast, he respects and has no problem with what seems to be a similar permission-based model that you work under. Is it something that he ever struggled with at all? And if so, how do you help him get over it? Cool. So that's a really good question. And like I said, I've gotten a, uh, at least one FET mail recently from someone local that is starting to design the same sort of relationship. And um, 
Honestly, after reading the book that she mentioned, it doesn't surprise me that that person's having a problem with there being a hierarchical relationship involved as well, where someone else has has the right to deny her privileges, mm-hmm. right, of being poly. So what we have found in the mainstream poly world is that a lot of people are very much about autonomy, very much about 50-50 egalitarian, very much about, I, I don't even know how else to describe it, but um, the whole idea that you and I are in a power exchange freaks some people out. You know, the whole idea that I have chosen to be in a power exchange relationship and be poly where you have veto power and I don't, you know, make some heads explode. So Mm -hmm. I I can see why after reading that mainstream book that the boyfriend would have an issue, right? So, but for us, and she's asking about me and Big D, and then you being my master, Big D's never had a problem with it. So when he came into it, he had already experienced kink, in his past. Mm -hmm. So he was aware of power exchange. Before he and I started dating, he watched, he came to a couple of our workshops over in Dayton. And so he was very aware of what mine and your relationship was when I sought him out for a poly relationship. And it was just been kind of neat that he very much respects mine and your relationship, went into it knowing that you can call veto at any time and he's perfectly fine with it. He trusts you. He trusts me. You trust him, which has come over, you know, come over time. And if you decided, which you've never done, to say no about things that he and I want to do, then he would be okay with that. It's actually kind of funny because I can remember Big D working on the staff at Beyond the Love mm-hmm. with us. Or maybe it was right before he got on staff. Anyway, he was sitting at a table. And he and I were only a year, a couple of years into this, maybe. How old's BTL? Anyway, so we, we were still brand new. But I was really, really tired. He was sitting at a table. There was no other chairs around. And I went on my knees next to him just to have a place to relax. It was not a power exchange thing at all, which would make him feel totally uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And he looks at me and he's like, uh, that makes me feel uncomfortable. Do you have to do that? And I'm like, what? He's like, that's not my place. I'm like, oh, didn't even think of it, right? So, you know, sat down on the floor. And, um, but he's, he, he's mm, almost as old as I am, right? Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if it's also generational, but I'm not sure because he's very much of the thought of it is what it is, right? You're in a power exchange relationship. He's not going to get, you know, his thinking. He's not going to get in the middle of that. He respects that. And he and I can still have the relationship that we desire. And what I do is I tell you everything. But I've got a really good relationship with you, right? You have no interest in getting into my poly relationships. Does that make sense? Am I wording that right? So you still watch I'm assuming, mm-hmm. and you still watch closely, but you've never used the veto power, even though there was a moment that you should have with somebody else. <laughs> but you were trying to teach me a lesson in that I needed to know how to break up with people, right? So 
I have the comfort of you having veto power, which means you're taking care of me, but you've never had to use it. So, and you're sitting there like you're listening, like you have something to oh, say. No, no, so, I am listening yeah. and I'm allowed to, li- I, I'm a good listener, apparently. I know. So, Sometimes. But, so, but am I, am I wrong in how no, I'm guessing this? Because no. that's how I see it so far. No, I totally agree. I do take a, uh, I would say, I, I, I suppose it's a hands-off approach, but that's because you allow it to, it can be a hands-off approach. I would speak up if I needed to speak up, even with the one situation where you said, I should have spoke up. No, mm-hmm. I shouldn't have. You, <laughs> you wanted me to speak I up. I wanted so. you to. <laughs> but um, it's super, it helps that going into the relationship, and here's something that's different with our with the partners or the uh, people from the email, maybe I think, or maybe not now that I think about it. The difference is when you start a new relationship, when I start a new relationship, one of the first things that we bring up is that you and I have this power exchange relationship mm-hmm. and that our relationships are going to be, other relationships we have will be impacted by that. The, the fact that you are my slave and you have a relationship with, with Big D and challenge behind that is simply that I get to, I happen to know Big D, I respect him, and I know that he means you no harm. I don't agree with everything that he thinks and <laughs> believes and does, but he means you no harm. He will do you no harm. And he respects me and the, the relationship you and I have. Therefore, I stay uninvolved. I don't need to be involved. Mm-hmm. It's your relationship. If there was a point where I questioned if – you know, you said, I'll be home on Sunday and you weren't home till Monday and you spent the time with Big D, then I would find that to be somewhat challenging. Then I would have to go in there and work on that. Um, But I don't, right? It's super interesting for other relationships. For example, when uh, Slave Bat was in my collar and they met, who is still in my collar, but they met someone new, we'll call them S., they had to go to S and say, hey, I'm already in a power exchange relationship. And S said, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. So they had to explain it. And they had to explain how it might impact their relationship. So that other mm-hmm. person had to wrap their head around it. But it is the responsibility of that other person to wrap their head around it. Um, and be okay with it or not. Yeah, right? They absolutely. have to make that choice. So, um, And I know uh, Big D... It, knows that when we go to do something new or if we go to go on a trip or if we do anything, he knows that I'm going back to you and asking permission. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know that you necessarily see it as me asking permission. Um, it's more about notifying, but I feel it as asking permission. Yeah. So it's like um, if Big D comes up with this thing, I'm like, okay, so, but I'm getting ready to go ask Dan and let's see what he has to say. And I don't think that you've ever said no about anything, but maybe that's because I overshare <laughs> and I make sure I don't want anything to catch you by surprise. Yeah. So, you know, there was a moment where um, Big D actually gifted me with a knife. You remember that? And I went, oh, I haven't told you about this, but I need to go ask Dan if I'm allowed to keep this because it's a Sharpie and I have a rule against Sharpies, but it's a rule from a long time ago. So, mm-hmm. and Big D's like, oh my God, you should have told me. I'm like, I didn't even think about it, right? You know, I didn't think anybody was going to gift me with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> 
So now I need to go talk to Dan. And mm-hmm. I went and I talked to you and, you know, you thought about it for a little bit and you okayed it. But, um, you know, that's just one of those things that came up that, that could have been a stumbling block for Big D, right? Because now you have to approve a gift that he's given me, which you've never had to do before. Right. But it was one of those that, and because I know the limitations that have been put on me so well, I know what to ask you about mm-hmm. and what to warn Big D about that could be an issue, which, man, after this many years, there, there's not much there. But, you know, I, I actually, I feel like I'm the one that drives that, though. You know, if Big D comes up with something, I'm like, mm, this could affect our power exchange. I'm going to Dan and asking Dan or at least giving him information. But I've given you pretty broad mm-hmm. uh, permission in general anyway. It's not like you have to reach out and say, oh, I'm going to the swing club. I think right. you did that the first time. I, I did that the first couple <clears throat> of times. Right. The Even situations where um, when I started the relationship with Karen, who is – uh, what we call vanilla twist with, but heavily leans towards polyamory, but not uh, kink, BDSM, or power exchange. She had to accept the fact, she had to learn about power exchange and had to accept the fact that I had a power exchange and had to accept the fact that a lot of my decisions as the protector of my slave came from that space versus Dan the poly guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think so in general, right? <clears throat> you're you're trying to start this relationship. You this is the situation where you have an existing power exchange relationship and you're starting the power, the poly relationship. What we have found is that just be upfront with the person. And if they need education on what a power exchange looks like, then get them the education or get them to get their own education. But you're allowed to be um, inflexible about this to say my power mm-hmm. exchange doesn't have flexibility. My and power exchange it's reco- a valid relationship style. Sure. And if and if you start off by thinking, you know, all hierarchical relationships are bad, you're not going to dig what I've got with my other partner. You could say they're bad for you and you don't want to directly be involved in them, but indirectly you're going to be involved in my hierarchy. Anyone that dates Dawn is indirectly involved in the fact that she has a hierarchical relationship with me. And in that hierarchy, I am on top. I am on top over Dawn, Big D, new relationships, Period. Right. And that's the way it is. And if you're if that's going to impact you negatively on having a relationship with Dawn, then fuck her and go, go be in a relationship <laughs> with somebody else. That's what I would recommend. So no strings attached fucking. So that would work as well. But um, but it's going to be hard for people, you know, even when we ran straight poly mainstream poly events. You and I weren't really way out there with our power exchange relationship because we knew there was a lot of judgment against it. Mm -hmm. Um, Whenever I was referred to in a run book, we used a lowercase d, and I had people come up and ask if that was a a, a typo. And I'm like, no. And then someone come up to me and goes, is this a typo? I'm like, no. She's like, so why are you a lowercase d? I'm like, well... I'm actually in a power exchange relationship with Dan. She's like, that's what I thought it was. How cool. And then she pulled me aside and actually chatted with right. me to, to, to figure out how we could have this relationship style. And I really want to throw it out there because I interrupted you and I, I really didn't mean to. But this power exchange is a valid and can be a healthy relationship style. So if some people don't agree with it, that just means it doesn't work for them. They can't wrap their head around it. So they don't need 
to be involved with it. Mm-hmm. You know, if what they want is egalitarian poly or or solo poly or whatever kind of poly that, that they're into and hierarchical relationships, like you said, doesn't jive with what their thinking is, this relationship may not work and it's better to find out now. Sure. I mean, I was terrified because when I first started dating Big D, our first four dates, I did not tell him we were power exchange. He had a clue, but I didn't really talk about it. And then when things were getting hot and heavy and I knew I was going to have to tell him everything, I was actually scared of losing him, right? Because Mm -hmm. I had never seen him in the power exchange community. So, but then to find out that he did have experience with it and he did understand what it was all about and he was all for it, that was fine. Yeah. And even in, you know, to extend this a little bit further out in that I have relationships with polyamory people that are not power exchange. So, for example, mm-hmm. I date Kat. Kat's not in a power exchange relationship with me, but she does have a long-term relationship with her husband. And that gets to take some precedence, too. If, if mm-hmm. there's any time I said, hey, Kat, let's go away this weekend. If she said, I have to go ask my husband, I would say, cool, do that. Because right. I would expect you to, because you guys are not only... In a long-term relationship, you're, uh, what do you call people to live together? We have a cool term for that. Nesting partners. Nesting partners. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a lot of responsibilities, a lot of things you have to take care of there. Yeah, same same here. So um, Big D and I have no problem. We'll sit in on a poly roundtable every now and then here at the space. And um, people are so against using words like primaries and secondaries and things like that. And he and I have no issue with that. So he can call me secondary. I don't care, right? His wife is his primary, and I know that. And even if we don't use those labels, I know that. And he and I click together so well because we understand that about each other. His wife is primary. End of story, right? Mm -hmm. So, and then me and you... I use the label primary. Mm-hmm. I will always come back to you and ask if this is okay. <laughs> For you, I use the label quarantine buddy. Quarantine buddy. That works. Good because, oh my gosh, I can't imagine, just to, to go off a little bit, I can't imagine being poly and not having somebody that you're yeah. quarantined with right now. So, oh, and it really inter- – I mean, I can imagine because it's happening, but yeah. I mean, if you're solo poly or something, at least I can make skin contact with you and right. not go totally crazy. And, and we certainly know a lot of people that, uh, not a lot of people, we know a significant number of people that are solo poly and, and living by themselves and have no human contact. Uh, my uh, partner, Boy Bell, had to run to another city because there's people that as the uh, shelter-in-place locked in, they wanted mm-hmm. they didn't want to be alone. They didn't want to be stuck by themselves. Right. So, so. they went down to where they have friends and stuff yeah. like that that they'll be I mean, locked in with. Yeah. So. so And then if you go visit one of your partners later, it's going to be from a distance. So right. one of you will probably be in the car and the other one on the porch, and you get to yell <laughs> back yeah. and forth. So, but, um, but, yeah. So just keep in mind that Power Exchange and Poly – can and do work together and honestly when you and i teach poly at a kink event and we talk about mixing power exchange and poly we get a lot of head nods it's when we go to a poly event and we're talking or even hint about power exchange and poly that's where you get a lot of the what the fuck are you talking about you know can this actually work i think though if um 
if it ever gets back to the point where we're starting to present again, I you know, hope because so, there's, there's events. We've got some couple <laughs> big events this summer yeah. I'm hoping to get to. And if I were to start pitching to the this the the mainstream polyamory events, mm-hmm. I think I would start pitching our power exchange and polyamory classes. I think so too. There's one other couple I can think of that does power exchange and poly events at poly events. Yeah. So um Raven. Raven and Joshua. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're, so, they're awesome. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So, um, good stuff. But finally, if, if how to get your this new person, this new poly person, they've read a book and mm-hmm. it says, oh, I'm turned off to this. Tell them to read another book, perhaps Living MS, which will explain what a, a healthy power exchange relationship looks like, right? right? Gives them a little bit of balance between, hey, you know what? Yes, that is a legitimate way to do things. And here's another legitimate way to do things. What's your... You know, what's your happy place? Exactly. So, you know, there, there's, I like that we can be a resource because yep. it's worked for us for, okay, so this collar says 2001, March of 2001. So that's 19 years, right? But we've been attempting poly even a little bit before that and designing our power mm-hmm. exchange even a little bit before that. So we're coming up on like 22 years. So, yes, it does work. And we've done it in different forms. Yep. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Last week on the podcast, we talked about um, the fetish around dolls, uh, life dolls, life-size dolls, living dolls, that sort of thing. Uh, Grace said they do not have that uh, fetish per se, but they sent us some really cool ball-jointed dolls. They're very uh, – I have never not seen ball-jointed dolls before, but they very much look like uh, – at first glance, they look like people – Mm-hmm. Uh, very neat, actually. I've not seen such a thing before. One of before. them actually kind of looked like a Marilyn Manson. Yes, had yes. a Marilyn Manson look to it. Very so gothy looking. Of, thing. Yeah, yes. yeah. So that was kind of neat. So, and then of course we've got tentacles and food on boobs. Yay, food on boobs. So, but uh, tentacles. That's my line. <laughs> well, I got to see them too. They were pretty. Oh, hot. there you go. <laughs> so, um, Ohio Hedgehog sent me. He said he wasn't so sure that this counted as tentacles, but I thought it was hot. So it was a cartoon of eels fucking a swimmer. So I don't particularly want to experience that. (laughs) I have been fishing before and caught eels. You cut your line and lose your bait. That's just (laughs) all there is to it. But this was hot to look at. And then uh, just for fun, he sent me a link to an inflatable giant squid costume. Might have to do that for Halloween this year. Oh, except I have to officiate. (laughs) I have to officiate a wedding on Halloween this year. So maybe as a reverend. As clergy, I'll go as a giant squid. (laughs) I'm going to try to talk them into having a costume wedding. That would be awesome. And then um, John D. sent from the DC Universe, he sent some pictures of poison ivy. So that was was hot. Yeah. So she was being held down by vines, wasn't it? Yes. I will say that I do not think that this is DC Universe canon. Probably not. Probably not. (laughs) Uh, And and of the four uh, female-bodied people, I... Poison Ivy is the only one I recognize. <laughs> Without the costumes, it's really challenging for me to pick up who the superheroes <laughs> still, are. Right. Hopefully, uh, we should have uh, got uh, Johnny Jackhammer to help out. He probably would have been able to figure them all out. Oh, that would have been cool. And then uh, Kayubi sent a boatload of food on boobs, including a hamburger lunch, some pizza, and desserts. Uh, I was hungry all over the place. So the pizza was actually pretty cool. So <laughs> that was kind of neat. Yep. So you can find us on Instagram. Um, I had Dan look this up to see what my last picture was. And I keep thinking I'm 
putting these out every day, but the days are blending. So mm. obviously I've been skipping a couple of days. You can find us on Instagram and see the picture of the day as Erotic Awakening. And the last one, you'll know you're in the right place. So the last couple, there was one where I took a picture of my tentacle cup. Mm-hmm. So the bat had a bat had a given me that for Christmas. Mm-hmm. So it's a picture of a girl wrapped around in tentacles. And on the other side, it says Dawn's tentacles and tea. <laughs> so that was kind of neat. And then um, the leather heart cake that Boy Bell had um, baked for the fundraiser. Yes. Yep. So that was really neat. Yep. So you can see the heart, the red heart inside the cake. So that's the last couple of pictures. I'll try to put out more. New subscribers to the newsletter include nobody. Nobody knew. <laughs> but you could be have your name shouted out here. Get your EA shout out. Head over to eroticawakening.com and you'll find a link to the EA newsletter. So take a moment to support the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or just tell your friends. If you like what you're doing, keep doing it. But if you like what we're doing, <laughs> head over to the patreon.com erotic awakening. Take a look at the options like discounted stuff, extra content, and more. Bye, Dan. Bye, Don. Bye, Don.